going to pray for you. Is that all good? Yeah, that'd be wicked. Cheers. Dear Lord, I thank you that we can come here today and that we can listen to awesome stories from all sorts of different people. Um, I just pray that you're with Craig as he shares um, your word today um, and that it really um, impacts us in a new way um, and that we leave learning something more about who you are and who we are in you. Mm. Amen. Amen. Shot, Morgan. Cool. Hey, kia ora. Good to see you all. Hey, Etu, let's all stand up real quick. Cool team. Hey, so we love all the kids that we have here at church. So I normally get you to go and say kia ora to someone, but I thought today, if there's some kids around you, there might not be, which is bad luck for you, um, just go and say kia ora to one of the kids, eh? And say we love having you in church. If not, just say kia ora to people around you. Say we love you. We love having you in church. Good to say good day. No. Oh my gosh. Alrighty. Okay, in Ohio, have a seat, day, eh? have a seat. Have a seat. Cool. Hey, and just you know, if you're a visitor with us, so we have a lot of Habla Española familia, a lot of Spanish speakers in our um, family, and so the, the message is always translated. So if you think, man, those people in the back row are talking, it's not, well, it might be them actually. Dalwyn's probably talking the whole time. But it'll be Victoria doing translation, eh? So just good for you to know. Hey, so we are in the last of the gifting series, which is kind of wild. So we've been sitting in here for about six months, and we're finally at the end, which personally I'm like, woohoo, excited about. Um, and so starting next week, we're going to um, go through Esther over a bunch of weeks, which is really cool. So like I said last week, if you haven't read the book of Esther in the Old Testament lately, then I'd strongly encourage you to go and read it. To me, it's one of the funniest books in the Bible, because the first half is kind of like, ah, oh, it's a bit of history, and then the second half, you're just, I laugh the whole way through it. It's, I love that book, so if you haven't read it lately, go and give it a read. Hey, and just to remind you what's going to happen next with this gifting series, so uh, heaps of the life groups and different people have done the workbook. If you didn't get a little gifting workbook, then there's some available at the Connect Desk, or you can come and see me, and I can hook you up. Uh, and so the next thing is after the school holidays, we're going to do a couple of Sunday afternoons where we'll invite you to come and meet up with one of the leaders in the church and their spouse and just talk through your workbook a little bit. So it'll only be like 15, 20 minutes. Um, and the idea is you'd come and they can have a look at what your passion, your calling and your gifting is, like as you've laid it out in the workbook, and just pray with you and talk to you about how you could get involved in the church, depending on you know that calling, gifting, passion, um, or in the community and stuff. So that's kind of the final part. We, we didn't want to leave it where you're like, Yay, I've got the gift of helps. And you do nothing. You know, like, what do I do with it? I don't know. Um, we want to kind of land it really well. So that's the idea, to have this like, little catch-up with them. So that's kind of the last place. Hey, so today I'm talking on, talking on mercy, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, so start with a little story. I've told you part of this story kind of before. So I have a good friend, Samuel, uh, who lives over in India. And I met Sam, I used to go over to help a Bible college in Kerala. So uh, Kerala's down bottom left state of India. And uh, Samuel was studying at the Bible college, the um, Rehoboth Theological Institute. And when the students study at the college, they're all asked to, over the three years, to really pray and fast and seek God. Where is God really calling them to serve him? Because um, all of them will leave the college and go into full-time service for God. And Samuel felt really called to um, minister to lepers. And when he told me this, because I'm very shallow as a Christian, I was like, I straight away said, 
but aren't you worried you're going to catch leprosy? And he like, he's only a real young guy, and he just looked at me like I was not a Christian, but he did, you know, he looked at me nice, but like, kind of like, really, bro? And he said, because I was one of the lecturers, so I'm all important over there, and he goes, oh, if it's God's will, I'm not really worried. And he said, if it's God's will for me not to, then that's all good, but if it's God's will that I get leprosy, then that's fine. And I just was like, oh my gosh, that's like next level commitment to Jesus, right? Um, so Sam and I stay in touch and we email a whole bunch and we were emailing just a, a little while ago and he's now married, which is like, woohoo, exciting. Uh, and he's now serving uh, in a, um, a clinic for lepers. And so he's there just serving as part of the team. Uh, but the key part of his role is uh, doing a lot of care for the lepers, but just sharing the love of Jesus with them. And again, I just want to go, bro, you'll get leprosy, but he just doesn't care, right? Um, because he has such a strong gift of mercy, right? A gift of mercy means to see someone in a pitiful state. That's kind of the core of it. See someone in a pitiful state and just be really moved with compassion and care and kind of brokenness for them. And when I think of mercy, I just think of my friend Samuel. Um, seeing someone who's got leprosy, seeing someone who is just so broken and hurt and being moved with compassion, moved um, to want to care for that person. Hey, here's the definition from our workbooks that we've been uh, working through. I love this definition, to be sensitive toward those who are suffering, whether physically, mentally, or emotionally, so as to feel genuine sympathy with their misery, speaking words of compassion, but more so caring for them with deeds of love to help alleviate their distress. I love this definition and how broad it is. I love that first bit, whether physically, mentally, or emotionally. Um, mercy, often we think of a physical thing, but it's not just that, right? Some people are really suffering spiritually. Some people are really suffering emotionally. And someone who has that gift of mercy is going to be moved by God to really go and care for them. Um, the other thing I love in there is this bit where it says, um, to feel genuine sympathy with their misery. Um, I love that. It's often you'll talk to someone who has a gift of... Like, some of us have a general care for people, but someone who has the gift of mercy, when they see someone in real need, someone who's really broken, it's just like... <sighs> that desire to really journey with them and care for them is just so powerful from God. I love that. And then I love this last bit, speaking words of compassion, but more so caring for them with deeds of love to help alleviate their distress. And one of the things I love about... Um, about God, and you see it so clearly in the life of Jesus, is that uh, God is not just a God who speaks love over us, but God is a God who acts um, on our behalf. And you see it with Jesus again and again. Jesus is moved by compassion, moved by mercy, so often with broken people. But the thing you see him, he'll talk often, right? He'll, he'll bless people and, and counsel them and work with them. But then you'll see him do something real tangible, real physical. Um, so you see those, those two little parts of it. I love that. Whoa, we're on to the next verse. So this is verse, um, where are we? It's like jumped crazy. Jordan, are you like back there just being crazy, bro? What's going on, man? I'm sure it's Jordan. It wouldn't be me clicking by mistake. I'll blame Jordan. Nah, it'll be me. Okay, so here's the, the verse that we're going to look up. Um, James 2. So if you have your Bible, jump over to James 2. If you don't have your Bible, then I will read it for you because I came prepared, luckily. Um, James 2. I love this little passage in here. And the thing I love about it is it's talking about, and not, not everyone has every gift, right? We've talked heaps about that. Um, and not everyone obviously has a gift of mercy. But the thing I love about um, what James says here is that really clearly he's going to say our, our faith is not just a faith of words, but it's a faith of action, right? And then we're going to see this coming out um, in, the, in the life of Jesus a whole bunch where we look at him and see this mercy. So let me read James 2, um, 14 to 17. Uh, James writes this, he says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, 
but don't show it by your actions. Can that faith save anyone? And I love this next bit. Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. It's pretty full on. Um, I love how, how blunt James is there, right? Um, it's easy to say I have faith, but unless you see it um, changing me, unless you see that faith prompting me to, to act it out, right, then you have every right to kind of question it. That's what James is saying. Um, but to me, the, the, the core thing to take out of it is to look at myself, right? Um, look at myself. When was the last time I saw myself change? When was the last time I saw myself do something that wasn't natural because I was being prompted by God, which proves to me, which reminds me, which shows me that I really have this life-changing kind of faith? And so I just want to encourage you, when was the last time for you that you did something that you were like, whoa, that was out of character for me? That really reminds me. That shows me that I have this life-changing faith. Because I think one of the dangers in our culture, right, is it's so easy to come to church, tick my Jesus box, and go, yeah, God is great, God is good, or whatever. But where's the proof? Where's the evidence to me that I'm really in a relationship with God, that he's changing me? Where am I seeing that? I love that, that clear bit from James. I'll put it up in the message. I love this. So Eugene Peterson did a paraphrase called The Message, and I love how he says this, but it's just, it's real blunt. He says, dear friends, do you, do you think you'll get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? And I love this. For instance, you come up, you come upon an old friend dressed in rags and half-starved, and you say, good morning, friend, be clothed in Christ, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and you walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup. Where does that get you, isn't it? And I love this last sentence, this is great. Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? I love that last bit, eh? Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? Man. Pretty confronting, eh? Pretty confronting. So one of the things I love about this gift of mercy is that it's people are prompted not just to say nice things, but people are prompted to, to act outright. And we, we see Jesus do this again and again. We're going to look at a bunch of verses where we see Jesus doing that in a minute. Okay, so let's look at the, um, as we've done every time, uh, here's the, the, the gift um, of mercy in its context in Romans. So Romans 12, we say, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's given, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Um, one of the things I love about this, um, the, the way Paul breaks these down is he puts qualifiers onto each of these. Um, and so you see it right there, right? If it's to encourage, then be encouraging. If it's giving, don't just give. Give really generously. I love that. Leadership, you've got to develop it. And then I love this last bit. If you have the gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly, like do it with joy. Um, and I think one of the dangers, so when I was um, doing the research for, for this sermon this week, I found a really cool website that broke down a whole bunch of dangers of all the different gifts. And they were saying one of the biggest dangers for people with the gift of mercy is just burnout, which makes sense, right? And the reason is because your heart is just so broken for so many people who are in need that you can just serve and care and serve and care and serve and care. And then before you know it, you yourself are in need and broken and needing someone to come and look after you. And I was like, wow, that's such a cool, um, cool thing to be really aware of. And so I love how Paul put it in here, to do it, do it gladly. And I was thinking, if you're someone who has the gift of mercy, one of the things to keep watching for is when do you hit that point that you're not doing it gladly anymore? 
you're still caring for people, but it's starting to come from a bit of a like, oh, you know, when you hit that point, it's like, hang on, hang on. I've been, I've been given out too much. I need to, to care for myself, right? Um, so a couple of examples that I've seen of, of this in our church so at the moment, and I'm kind of using code for this first one. So there's someone in our church that's really struggling at the moment. They are not well. They are just really, really struggling in life. A whole bunch of physical, emotional, spiritual stuff going on, really struggling. And one of the coolest things I've seen is a whole group of people have come around this person to care for them. And they're texting them all the time, texting verses and stuff. They're ringing this person. But the cool thing they do is they go around and visit all the time. And some of them will just go and just sit with the person pray with them, encourage them, support them, care for them physically. And I'm like, this is, and like, this is, they're doing a lot of stuff. It's not just like once in a blue moon. They are there like pretty much every day caring for this person and loving them and encouraging them and lifting them up. And I'm like, man, this is so beautiful. To the point where they met last week, the team, <laughs> to make sure we're on the same page. How are we all caring? What are you doing? How are we doing? I was like, man, this is the gift of mercy, like really lived out. Some of them are sacrificing a lot of time and a lot of energy to care for this person. It's beautiful, right? It's beautiful, yeah? Yes, Craig, that is so beautiful. Shot, team. Again, I just love the feedback in this church. Um, so a bit of a silly one. So um, Rex, who I love with all my heart. Um, I, so this is the gift of helps, but I think the gift of helps and the gift of mercy are real close together sometimes, right? So I'm just thinking about that last bit, doing it gladly. So um, as you know, we did a whole bunch of construction stuff upstairs and a whole bunch of painting and all sorts of things. And so we'd taken down all the whiteboards and all the pin-up boards and all this kind of stuff, and it was just like a mess. So I got hold of Rex this week. Oh, I got hold of Rex this week, and I was like, bro, can you come and help me? Put up all these whiteboards. And Rex said, oh, seriously, bro? Oh, my gosh. I'm super important, and I have a lot of stuff to do, but fine. I can come and help you with your stupid whiteboards. Rex came in, he was really angry, and I was like, whoa, and he's big, and so I was a bit scared, and we're trying to put up whiteboards, and the whole time Rex is like, oh my gosh, these stupid whiteboards, does anyone even use these dumb whiteboards, this is so stupid, he had his drill, and he's just like putting screws everywhere and stuff, and after a while he turned on me, and he's like, seriously Craig, this is stupid, I can't believe you're making me put up these stupid whiteboards, what kind of pasta, bro, I was at home, I was happily watching TV, relaxing on the couch, had a coffee, and now I'm here, no, of course not, right, Rex came in gladly, like I text him and within seconds he rang me back and he's like, hey bro, could I come in now and do it? And I was like, whoa, okay, yeah, sure, right? He came straight in, had all the tools and the weapons and the drilly things and yada yada up there, putting it up. We didn't have a level, so if you're upstairs, feel free to judge us because some of them are like, no, no. Like, and Rex was so cool and we got them up in like record time and it was really cool and it was fun doing it with Rex because he's the man. Um, Rex came in and did it really gladly. Um, how how un the way of Jesus would it have been if he came in grumbling and moaning, right? Um, some of you are looking at me like, wow, this Rex guy's a bit of a jerk. So sorry. <laughs> sorry. I did talk to Rex a little bit beforehand, but he's awesome. I love that. I do it gladly, and I think it's a good indicator right, to watch for. Um, if you've got that gift of mercy, it's a beautiful, beautiful gift, but it can be a real demanding gift. The level of empathy that you can connect with a person who's broken, can, can drain you. So you, you've got to be real careful, right? You've got to be real careful. I love you, Rex. Rex has offered to help me move. Now we'd be like, nah, bro. <laughs> I'm not helping you move. Um, here's an example from Jesus, right? So Matthew 9, if you've got your Bible, jump over to Matthew 9. An example of Jesus um, showing mercy. I love this. I love the a little phrase in here that he says. Where are we going? Matthew 9, 35. Um, 
Matthew 9.35, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. So that's the teaching part, the talking part, right? But he's always a, a, a God, a man of action as well. So announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. And I love this description here. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Um, hey, worship team, do you want to come up? We're going to sing a song right in the middle of the, the sermon here about mercy. Um, I just wanted to give us a time to reflect in the middle of the sermon. Um, I know some of you are doing great, and you're like, yeah, life is good, and I'm dominating, and it's awesome. But at the same time, I know there's a lot of people that are just really struggling at the moment, just finding life's hard, man. I'm struggling to find time to read the Word. I'm struggling to find time to connect with friends, and my job is stressful and just draining me, and my family, I'm frustrated, and ah, and all this. And as I was reading this, um, these verses this week, I was like, man, when he saw the crowds, and I'm going to change it, when Jesus looks at us... <laughs> When Jesus looks at us, our church here, he has compassion on us. Because some of us, not all of us, because some of us are confused and helpless. We're like sheep without a shepherd. And so what I want to encourage you to do is as we sing this song, um, beautiful song, as we sing it, some of you are going to want to sing and be like, yeah. But some of you, I'd encourage you, just don't sing. Just take this time to listen. Take this time to pray. Maybe take this time to say to God, man, God, I am... Confused and helpless. I'm just in a struggling place at the moment. I, I know you're my shepherd. I know you've got me, but I feel like I've kind of lost you a little bit. Eh? So feel free to sing. Feel free to stand. Feel free to sit. But um, Etu, let's all stand up if you want to. And I'm going to sing the song together. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, Almighty God, thanks that, um, that your mercy, your love for us uh, makes us whole. Thanks for... <laughs> for seeing us in a pitiful state uh, where we could not save ourselves. And yet through the incredible sacrifice of your son, you give us identity, you call us as your own. Um, you draw us into a powerful, life-changing relationship with you and you make us whole, God. We're so blessed in that. Help us to continue living in that, God, seeking you. Yeah, yeah I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In noho. Have a seat, eh? Cool. Thanks, team. It's cool, eh? Hey, whenever I think about mercy in, in that song, I always jump over to um, Ephesians 2. I love this um, passage. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you've been saved. One of the things I love about this verse is how um, Paul, Paul's very logical in his thinking most of the time. Sometimes he's all over the place, but most of the time he's real logical. And I love how logical he is through this. So look at the verse um, on the screen for a minute. And it's like he says, because God is so rich in mercy. So because God is so rich in mercy, and again, mercy is seeing someone in a, a pitiful or broken state and not needing to have compassion on them, but being moved to have compassion on them. And so it's like, because God sees us broken and messed up, like the song said, um, because he is so rich in mercy, and then Paul adds to it, and he loves us so much because of that, um, even though we were dead, even though we were enemies, right? Even though we were um, opposed to God. Um, 
He gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And I, I love the, the way Paul always talks about life. And when you, you dig into what the Greek word means that Paul always uses for life, it always means this fullness of life, right? This vibrance of life. It doesn't just mean like, eh, life, schmife. It means like a vibrancy of life, a fullness of life. And, and you can be going through a horrible time, but you know within your soul there's this, there's something different. That God's got you, that you're okay. One of the things I wanted to say again, like we, we come to church and we do church and we wander off and stuff, and I just as a pastor, I want to say, do you have that fullness of life within you? When you're going through those hard times, do you know that God has got you, that He is holding you? And if the answer is no, then I go, well, are you sure that you're in a relationship with God or not? <laughs> Sometimes we kind of fall into this Jesus thing and we end up at church and then we're in a life group and. We're kind of wandering around, but I love how Paul says it here. If you are in a relationship with Jesus, you will have a fullness of life within you. No matter what's happening, no matter what's hitting you, hitting you, you will have this fullness of life. So if you don't have that, man, I'd love to, to talk with you because it always worries me that we can just kind of, oh, I fell into Christianity. I don't know if I've ever really connected with God. Um, I love this definition of mercy. I've kind of explained it a few times as I've been going through, but here's the definition of it. A love that responds to human need in an unexpected or an unmerited way. I love that. A love that responds to human need in an unexpected or an unmerited way. And the reason for the unexpected is because you, you shouldn't expect God to do this, right? When God sees us as his enemies, when God sees us as opposed to him, when God sees us in sin, he should look at us and just be like, <laughs> well, good luck with that, Right? You're the one who did the sin, so let's see how that turns out for you, right? But he doesn't because he's a God of love and a God of mercy. He cares for us. I just love that, eh? Hey, let's look at another verse here, um, Matthew 20. Matthew 20, so if you've got your Bible, jump over. Here's another example of Jesus um, showing mercy to someone. And I, I always find this one kind of funny. It's kind of weird. So if you've got your Bible, jump over there, eh? Or if you've got your device, um, tap over there or click over there or whatever. I don't know. Swipe over there? No, there's no swiping, Nick. Out. Hey, let me read, let me read Matthew 20, uh, 29. As Jesus and the disciples left the town of Jericho, a large crowd followed behind. Two blind men were sitting beside the road. And when they heard that Jesus was coming that way, they began shouting, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. And I love the crowd's response. This just cracks me up. Um, verse 31, be quiet, the crowd yelled at them, but they only shouted louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. <laughs> it was love it, eh? uh, When Jesus heard them, he stopped and called, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, they said, we want to see. And Jesus felt sorry for them, touched their eyes, and instantly they could see. And then they followed him. <laughs> I always find the crowd's response in here just bizarre. It's like, why are they yelling, uh, telling the people to be quiet? Why are they not going to the people that are broken, that are hurt, and going, oh my gosh, yeah, the Son of God strolling down the street. Yes, poor blind people. Here, you need healing? Come with me. And he heals them, but instead they tell them to shut up. It's just ridiculous. Um, one of the things I keep thinking about this week, I, I don't think many of us would have someone in our lives when we are struggling, when we're feeling um, helpless, right? When we're feeling lost. I don't think many of us would have someone in our lives saying, shh, don't call out to God, right? I don't, I don't think we have that. If you do, you need to get away from those people because they are insane, right? Um, but what I find in my life is that sometimes I tell myself to shish. Does that make sense? <laughs> sometimes I know that I've got a struggle or a burden or a sin that's just getting me all the time. And I know deep in my soul I need to call out to Jesus, <laughs> 
I need to come before him and go, I need your mercy. But in my arrogance sometimes, in my pride, sometimes just in my lack of trust, my lack of belief that this will work, this Jesus thing, I just don't go to him. And it's not that there's a crowd around me saying, Craig, be quiet, don't call out to God for his mercy. <laughs> sometimes it's my own voice saying, ah, Craig, he's not really going to care. Does it really work, this Jesus thing? And so it's me who's saying, Craig, be quiet, Craig, be quiet. Um, and I need to figure out, what do I need to do? What needs to change in me? So that when I get to those points, my first response is like these guys, to just start yelling out even louder, calling out to God even louder in my brokenness and my lostness. I need you, Jesus. I need your mercy. What is it for you? What would be the thing that would move you for that? For me, it's usually looking back over my life and remembering all the times that God has done amazing things for me and going, oh, that's right. Like Phil and I were talking about this just before the service. One of the things we have to do is look back and go, oh, that's right, God saved me. God saved me. God saved me. God protected me. God provided all these times. So now in my brokenness and my lostness, I need to put that doubt aside or that pride aside and go, yeah, he's got me. He's got me. What is it for you that would change that for you? Um, Here's another definition of mercy. I love this one. The gift of mercy is a special ability that God gives to certain members of the body of Christ to feel genuine empathy and compassion for individuals who suffer distressing physical, mental, or emotional problems and to translate that compassion into cheerfully done deeds. I love that, eh? Which reflect Christ's love and alleviate the suffering. I love that definition. Um, one of the things I love about this is that it talks about it reflects Christ's love. And um, one of the things I tried to do in this sermon, I've tried to kind of bounce between talking about the gift of mercy and then God's mercy for us. Because in all these gifts, it should reflect Jesus Christ, right? So someone who has the gift of mercy, like this group of people that are caring for that person, they are reflecting the love of Jesus to that person in need. And I'm like, man, what a blessing, right? It's not just them doing it because everyone's like, oh my gosh, those, those people are so amazing. That's not why they're doing it, right? They're doing it because they love God. <laughs> they love Jesus and they want to reflect his mercies. They care for this person. So cool. I just want to finish with this. Um, the, these verses from uh, one of the Psalms. I love this. My mind always goes here when I think about mercy. Um, this is David in Psalm 86. He says, but you, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Look down and have mercy on me. Give strength to your servant. Um, if you read the psalm, Psalm 86, you'll see David's in a real dark place. David <laughs> just about is always in a dark place, right? But when he's writing this psalm, he is in a real dark place. And you read the first few verses and you're just like, wow, David is really struggling. But I love how he, like, he it's like he almost forces himself to stop looking at the dark and look at the good and change it. And I love what he says, right? But you, O oh Lord, you're a God of, so it's a sigh, <laughs> compassion and mercy. You're slow to get angry with me, even though I keep stuffing up. <laughs> you're filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Look down and have mercy on me. Give your strength to your servant. Um, Etu, let's all stand up. Let me finish with prayer. Um, I just want to give you a final encouragement. <laughs> um, in dark times and hard times, eh, to run to Jesus. <laughs> um, he is the shepherd that will lead us out of that feeling of helplessness, that feeling of confusion that he talked about. Um, one of the other things I love about this psalm is 
Um, this is, uh, David is directly quoting uh, Exodus 34. And so if you know Exodus 34, Exodus 34 is when Moses is on Mount Sinai and he's asked to see the glory of God. And you read in there and it says that God passes by and protects him. Uh, otherwise, uh, Moses would be like, you know, annihilated by the glory and the awesomeness of God. And as he goes past Moses and kind of hides him, he literally says this, which I just love that David's kind of claiming this. And so as God goes past, God defines himself or describes himself. And I wrote it down in here. It says, Yahweh the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger. I am filled with un unfailing love and faithfulness. Um, I don't know where you are with Jesus this morning. Um, kia ora podcast people. Eh? I don't know where you are with Jesus as you're listening to this. Um, but all of us can use more mercy. <laughs> All of us can use more of God in our lives. Um, I just love it when God defines himself just in this short phrase. One of the key things he says is, I'm a God of mercy. I love when I see you broken, when I see you hurt, I just love to be there. I love to lift you up, to strengthen you, to encourage you. Um, yeah, let me pray. Let me pray. Yeah, kia ora atua. Um, I don't know how many people listening feel like me sometimes where I don't know whether it's out of arrogance or pride for me. Um, it's, sometimes it's just out of a doubt, out of a, a low level of trust or belief in you even. I don't know. Um, I just call out to you in the name of Jesus for anyone listening right now that relates to that and go, yeah, man, there's times where I'm struggling and I know everything in me knows I need to run to Jesus, the shepherd, and go, Help! I need your mercy, but I just don't. <laughs> um, I just pray that uh, through you who indwells them, God, uh, could you help them to be more like the blind, those two blind guys that, uh, as the voice says, shish, 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 <laughs> um, you're not worthy, you're whatever, um, that that voice would be quieted by you and that, that these people would feel inside them the, the necessity, the desperation of going, no, I must run. I must call out louder <laughs> to the God of compassion, the God of unfailing love, the God who is slow to anger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.